Welcome to episode 302 of the Siren Studs Podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my co-hosts who are just chilling in the sand dunes, Peter and Jake. <laughs> Dancing with Banthas. Yes, that's right, Kurt. Uh, we're here with this episode, which is the overly elaborate mattress online delivery ad commercial edition of the cast. Watch this six-minute ad for our mattress that comes in a box and uh, just just probably isn't as good as everyone wants it to be. My mattress came in a box, and I'm pretty satisfied with it. Yeah. Did they did they put Hollywood big Hollywood A-list actors to make a feature-length film uh, about their mattress? No, they did. However, advertise it on an episode of Ellen. So, <laughs> whoa, mine came with a discount that brought it down to the actual price and not its normal all-year inflated pricing. Fake inflated price. <laughs> I Yeah, I actually like my, my mattress in a box, and I had the... Uh, it was a hybrid one, spring and and foam. Yeah, I, I spent I spent like a thousand dollars on it, uh, so I'm glad that it, it worked out okay for me. Mattresses yeah, are was... super expensive. But you know, that's I I think about it like this: if there's one area of your life you you want to like pull out all the stops for and break the bank on, it's it's the mattress yeah. because you're gonna spend literally a third of your life on that thing. Yeah, we were we were okay when we furnished our house. Uh, we were okay kind of splurging on the things we were going to use the most. And that was the couch. Uh, that was the bed. And that was the um, bed set furniture in our one bedroom. Your bedroom yeah, set. Our, our main, our master bedroom that we'll probably hold on to for a, a good while because it's king size. So if we ever want to upgrade, we just say, okay, we'll get a king size uh, new mattress and then bed. uh and then get yeah. yeah then my bed can actually expand to be a king size bed frame and i thought oh, about soak it. it in water well you, grows out. you just have to like fucking knock the slats in with the f- goddamn <laughs> hammer of hephaestus <laughs> <laughs> and then get sisyphus to roll his stone in between them so they pull out to the right sides it's a very think, it's a greek design i it's, think i use one of those stones to keep me from rolling over at night whatever the uh whatever the whatever ikea means in swedish <laughs> uh, i bought it from a furniture store that that's the same word but in greek <laughs> did you know that ikea uses the same letters as ki <gasps> Kiai. That would have been a great transition man. if we were doing Cobra Kai this I, week. But that was last I week. Feel like... Or if we were doing uh, Peacemaker this week. Mm. Oh yeah, Pe- Peacemaker. Yeah. I'm excited for Peacemaker. Gonna be we're good. gonna spend we're gonna spend 45 minutes talking about the intro and then not touch on any plot for the season. Oh, 100. Nope. percent Just fully spoil 100 spoiler free review. <laughs> Well, no, we'll spoil the intro. So if you really don't want to be spoiled on all the particulars of the dance number or that it is a dance number, well, it's too late. It's too I've late. already spoiled that for you, but you can go on YouTube right, and like, watch it. We won't it. even tell you that it's by Wigwam. Yeah, or that, or, that show's, or that the song's called Do You Really Want to Taste It? And that it's been in heavy rotation 
on my uh, so, on my phone. So I, I looked up Greek IKEA because I just wanted to see what I would get. Um, right. I don't know what I expected, but this is not. And the internet has found me. It just it just pulled up an what? IKEA in Greece. What do they do for their meatballs? Um, I think they just go out and uh, kill minotaurs. <laughs> It's all. It is already the labyrinth. <laughs> yeah, it is the labyrinth. No, the Minotaur. So it, it roams. It's the employee, the one, the the, the <laughs> shift manager is the Minotaur. <laughs> My favorite fucking uh, IKEA joke is how it like ruins relationships. It was the crux of a whole episode of Thirty Rock, and the, like whenever Liz and her boyfriend would get into a fight, the like ghostly employee would just show up behind them, and be like, "Yes, good." <laughs> Okay, I, absorb their hate. So I, I got some. Uh, so I don't know if some of these are cooked. Uh, some of these might be cooked. I don't know. A lot of this is like just the frozen products that you can buy there. So we got. Wait, at IKEA. Yeah, at IKEA in Greece. This is the. Okay. I think We've got a frozen food section. I. I yes, see. this is I, IKEA dot gr. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that's. Yeah, I was, I was confused because I was like frozen furniture, like to preserve its freshness. <laughs> yes. So is there an expiration date on your chair set? Sauce, sauce, sinop, sauce for salmon, uh, and it is mustard and dill sauce. Okay. Uh, okay. We got some uh, normal multi multi grain crisp bread. Uh, fried onion, crisp breads, crisps, ro- roasted lock. Just it's fried onion in a in a container, about yay big. <laughs> I okay. Frozen waffles in the shape of hearts. Cool. I'm I'm currently imagining the people who would who would eat that as a snack, and they're in this house. Uh, a grown just out of your grown su- I, I, I you're no you're someone, looking at one <laughs> grown sucks. Someone who eat crispy on Kurt. You're a crispy onion eater. Crispy onions are the most delicious taboo snack. I know they're supposed to be used in like casseroles and salads, but God damn it. They're crunchy and they're oniony. It's like, it, it, it's like eating a Funyun yeah. only it's been dehydrated. Uh, so it's more concentrated. Whatever the hell this is, it is a vegetable medallion. So that's cool. Vegetable <laughs> medallions. I didn't know what you meant in the email. So I just brought some steak medallions. <laughs> Wait, I'm trying Blair to parse what Jake has sent us here. Um, grown sock It's uh, grown sakakaska. Vegetable medallion, yeah. frozen. Grown sakaska. Grown 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 sakaska. Grown sakaska. The greatest yeah. ska band in the world. <laughs> grown sakaska. <laughs> um. All right. Well, that's as good a transition as any into uh, <laughs> these trailers. I don't even know which one to go with. Um, let's go with nope, because that's that's what I say when someone asks me to pronounce grown sasasaska. I just say nope. Grown man Saskatchewan. So from the director, famous director, has done two whole movies so far. Or has he done more? Or has he just like co-directed some stuff? I don't know. I think he's been like a producer Maybe on some, some producers. shit, but I think he's only directed two movies. Uh, from Get Out Us, we bring you Nope, uh, the Maybe Alien movie, um, but there's probably, probably a, a deeper twist. message, a twist to it. It's probably white men. Well, obviously, 
the tube men have gained sentience and it's like maximum overdrive mm-hmm. they're taking over the world so really uh i guess just random uh main characters they are the family that uh uh trains horses they're for descended hollywood from yeah yeah they have like a they're horse descended from... from the first motion picture star first person the first person in motion pictures yeah, before then, they were just a series of still images. There were other people who starred in them, mm-hmm. but this is the first guy in, in, in what they called at the time the movies. So I would like to think that Jordan... He's supplanted by the talkies. Jordan Peele <laughs> took this a beginning line where the, the girl is talking about her family heritage and saying the joke about, oh, we have skin in the game, and wrote a movie just on that. Took that very bland, vague premise... About a, of a family that owns a horse farm for Hollywood, Hollywood movies. Yep. And just, but then I don't know about the weird storm cloud thing image. No, that's where that's where you just see the drugs start influencing Jordan Peele's uh, writing process. Yeah, I wasn't really sure what was going on here because they they set up movies, so I'm like, is this like happening or is this part of the movie they're filming? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I was only you know, I watched it during the Super Bowl, so I was only like half watching it. Um. Because Super Bowl commercials continue to decline in quality, but that's not the discussion for today. Um, but like, it gave me major like signs vibes, where M Night Shyamalan had a big hit in The Sixth Sense, <laughs> and then he had a lesser but still kind of a well received hit movie in Unbreakable, and then he did Signs. And everything went to shit the from sign. there. <laughs> so uh, I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that this will end up and and, and just because visually it looks a lot like science and science dealt with aliens. Spoiler alerts if you haven't seen a twenty year old movie at this point. Um, it was on my list. Damn it! Yeah, my list well, of movies I want to see that I'm not spoiled on. Well. I guess you have to move it Damn. to the list of movies you want to see what our spot yes. That That was a sh- Get Out is still on top of that, that list. That was a shorter <laughs> list, yes. That was starting with Get Out. Uh, but that's more like a, a, a badge of honor where I know everything about that movie down to the T and uh, I, I don't have to yes, see that it. that is the last letter of, of that title in the movie. Mm-hmm. Very of good. both words. Jake's been Jake's been practicing with his hooked on phonics DVD. I've got all the letters on the fridge, and I've arranged them in almost the correct order. <laughs> he's really he's he's training from, for the world from Olympics. increasing to decreasing width. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually how are these ordered by curvature? <laughs> I've actually arranged them by mass, and uh, I'm just a I'm just a savant. I'm like that's Rain what they Man. talk about font weight, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. It's a very heavy font. Um, All right, moving on from Nope, we have uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, getting this one out early. uh, Yeah, I'm just going in order because we have too many. Yeah, this one, well, I was going to say, because we could spend a while on this one because they give a lot of information about this. And they, I thought they speculated a lot about the uh, Spider-Man shit. They speculate even more on this stuff. Um, oh yeah, because this is the one where they finally figure out what they're doing with Phase Four. Yeah. Well, it's it's definitely, 
It's funny that we mentioned Spider-Man because Sam Raimi is directing this. Um, Sam Raimi is like uniquely qualified to direct this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Though they did say they were kind of leaning into like Lovecraftian elements in a press release when they were talking about this a while ago. You don't really see a ton of that in the trailer. You just see that octopus you... thingy. The, uh, I don't. They they named him. I forgot what. That's Shuma Garath. Is that Shuma Garath? I thought that was. I'm pretty sure. Um, one big eye and tentacles. I mean, what other Marvel character right. could it be? There's another one. <laughs> Octopus and Doctor Strange. They because they made a toy out of him. Uh, and they named the they named him in the toy. I'm sure if I if I search Shuma Garaf. So wait. You're not talking about Dr. Octopus, are you, Jake? No, not that one. Well, in one of the top images for Schumer Garath is uh, the the picture from the Dr. Strange trailer um, with it holding the bus. It's literally the fourth image when you search Schumer Garath into uh, yeah. Google. So uh, there's already articles about five things to know about yeah. All your fucking listicle websites are, are getting getting the content out. Yeah, I thought um, there was a there was a toy that had named him as something something with a D. I forgot what it was, but I mean he has other members of his race. Dumagor Dumagorath. Dumadungarish. Are you sure it wasn't Doctor Octopus? They look a little bit different. But you see a lot of alternate versions of characters. Everyone's freaking out about the the bizarre world Iron Man, and yep, uh, you see like a couple different versions of Scarlet Witch. Yep, we see a couple versions of because there's also a TV spot that released a couple new images of stuff which uh, involves zombie WandaVision and zombie Strange. Um, so we also see a yeah, Doctor Marvel Sc- Zombies uh, Universe Defender yeah, Strange, be... uh, which is going to be interesting to see that uh works into it uh but it appears that they're going to be hopping around different multiverses i mean it's called for christ's sake the multiverse of madness so we expect some tomfoolery there but i think america chavez is going to be be the big uh uh conduit of that movement Mm -hmm. yeah this one at least looks uh a lot more interesting than much of the other Phase 4 efforts, if you don't count No Way Home as being part of the MCU. Um, so, I mean, I'll, I enjoyed... It was a sleeper hit, the first Doctor Strange was. I'm sure this will be uh, similarly good. It's got a lot going for it. You know, I I like Sam Raimi as a filmmaker, so I tend to go see his movies when they're kind of the movies that I would watch. So I'll, I'll probably see it... Uh, just based on the fact that I enjoy Doctor Strange's character and that it's directed by Sam Raimi yeah. more as much as any other uh, interconnectivity. Yeah, the the big yep. the big OMG moment in the trailer I would have to say would probably be Patrick Stewart saying some stuff. And there's been some concept image of him in a, a he says words a big golden chair. So yeah. uh, this could be the intro of uh, Professor X. Um, well, I'm pretty sure we're going to see one of the multiverses they hop to is going to be the 20th Century Fox X-Men universe. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're going to flex that so hard. The, the, the biggest theory that I think is the coolest is you see kind of a, a, a sliver of it uh, that it seems like they're hopping out of a animated universe 
and the fact that Disney Plus is adding Don't on touch Spider Verse. The, well, it's <laughs> either it. Spider Verse or it's um, Marvel. Uh, what is X Men seventy nine or ninety seven? What is the show they're rebooting? Or? Oh, oh, X Men ninety four. Ninety four is that what it is? Yeah, or ninety five. Ninety seven, ninety nine, something like yeah, that. Yeah, so yes, the 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 classic mid nineties mm-hmm. X Men show with the uh, the bomb ass theme song. Mm-hmm. Um, they announced for D twenty three a while ago that they are uh, making a continuation of that some twenty five years later. Why not? Um, but uh, yeah, that's we have that to look forward to, and so I could see that as a cross promotion. So yeah, I mean they own the X Men. If if they're gonna do something with the X Men, this is the perfect opportunity to do something with the X Men because they don't have to make fucking sense. Because <laughs> you're dealing with the multiverse. Yeah. It's whatever you need it to be. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be cool. I mean, they saw, I'm sure, how much uh, how much money No Way Home made, um, and yeah. I'm sure this was already in post production when that was released. Mm-hmm. But they, I'm sure they were like, "Ooh, yeah, let's." People like crossovers. Let's make <laughs> make a bigger crossover. Let's get some get some X Men. Oh, oh, we'll have Fantastic Four too. <laughs> well, it's a good way of ensuring that your Marvel movie isn't one of the Marvel filler movies. Yeah, I mean, I like no one wants to be Ant Man and the Wasp. So it's really kind of interesting how the MCU has sort of grown to parallel uh, Marvel comics in general. So I I, I recently finished this whole unauthorized well i guess unauthorized but this this book it was a the history of marvel and um one of the things that they talked about in the in the book is that at a certain point in time uh like sales the marvel's comic sales because marvel did the whole interconnected universe where everything was you know together and part of one large continuity mm-hmm. in the comics just as they've done with, with the movies but they got to a certain point where like people would only buy crossover shit because that was the only way to know that like what happened in your comic counted to the story. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't just like some sort of filler bullshit. And we're we're seeing that same problem with the movies now because like no one's like, I mean they're still making pretty good money, but people were like, I don't give a shit about Black Widow. <laughs> yeah, Shang Chi, whatever. Eternals. Like, so this was the this was the the leak that I saw where it was a Lego set where they called it the Gargantos Showdown. So I don't know if that's naming him as the Gargantos and not Shumagrath. Um, but I mean, a lot of people were like instantly, "How can it not be Gar- like Shumagrath? <laughs> F- famous Doctor Strange villain." Uh, looks exactly like him. So famous Doctor Strange. I mean, famous. So, it could be. It could be a, a a little bit of a. a they rug do list it as Gargantos. On oh the Marvel MCU wiki got that up quick. Uh, Gargantos is an enemy of Doctor Strange in America. Chavez, who is after Chavez in order to use her powers. Oh shit! To have complete control over the multiverse. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize it was on the MCU MCU wiki. But uh, Gargantos in the comics is just a sea monster. Yeah, that at was the command of Naga. That was the, that was the weird thing that they like 
retconned it. They kind of combined and Gargantos. And it doesn't look a goddamn thing. No, like. it, it doesn't make sense. Again, it's like, it should be... Uh, like, even the references, like, one of the references says how Shuma Garath and America Chavez fit into it. It's like, what? Um, which leads me to my next point about the Illuminati. Uh, or the Illuminati, depending on how sexy some of these guys might be. But... Um, it appears that we're going to see some form of that, maybe, because um, there is a. Well, scene. you got Doctor Strange. You just need Iron Man, some or, version of Iron Man, yeah, superior Reed Iron Richards. Man, possibly. There, we do see this like uh, this Iron Man that might be a uh, version of Kang. Oh, I'll put it to you like this: Marvel has all the characters necessary to construct the Marvel Illuminati, uh, whether or not they choose to do so is another matter entirely mm. and what form it will take. I think like I'd rather, I mean, if they're going to lay the groundwork for that now in phase five is going to, Oh boy. is going to capstone five. with uh, a world war H storyline. Sure. <laughs> Maybe it's all worth it, but that's a lot of movies down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the theories are that the Iron Man we see in the trailer might be that of Iron Lad or a alternate Tony Stark, uh, from a different universe. The ultimate version of Tony Stark where he has a big old brain tumor yeah. instead of shrapnel in his heart and is a mm. fucking raging alcoholic. That'd be dope. Oh, whoops. Yeah. I can see that. One Maybe we'll do Iron Lady just cause. Pepper Potts? Hell yeah, dude. Get something so for the girls. No, they're going to bring Riri Williams. Into Girls the get it done. <laughs> they bust they, it like down. They set that up and then I, I guess Gwyneth just didn't want to be in any more movies. Oh, because I, I mean, I guess Goop's business is booming. Yeah. Did you, did you see her commercial spot? Did she eat one of the... The, the vagina candles. Did I hear that right? Yes, she Does ate she the. Eat yeah, one she of the... ate one of the candles that smells like her vagina. That's. There's so much wrong with that sentence. Um, it's so. And the fact that vagina scented candle is not the thing I object to most in that sentence oh, is like, staggering. Like it's it, even in the first place, it's, it's a candle. It's wax. I forgot what it was for. Yeah. Oh, it was Uber like, Eats. Why would you eat it? Oh, <laughs> oh right, the Uber Eats commercial. It was the Uber Eats right. commercial, and she had a bit where... Oh, here we go. I, thank you, YouTube, for pulling it right up. Right, somebody clipped this bit right for us. This is... Uber Eats knows what we're about. Uh, so if you Fuck direct your attention does. to the Discord, you will see... it's based on Facebook. You will see the, uh, the Gwyneth Paltrow biting into her candle that says... <laughs> what does it say? <laughs> oh, I think it, I think it smells anything. like my vagina. That's what that's what the label says, and it's just yeah. Yep, gonna sure Google that do. now. In case you uh want to, but doesn't that like strike anyone else as kind of being uh I don't know, like really fucking enabling creepers? To sell it, like I don't know. That just seems. Goop. This smells like my vagina. Uh, this is not a, a 
<laughs> not a sponsor for Goop. No, it's not just. It's just not that this smells like. It's the heretic. <laughs> it's this smells Goop like Goop Cross Heretic. Yeah. <laughs> this is a partner deal. <laughs> Another company wanted to produce a product that smells like Gwyneth Paltrow's cooter. I, I, I appreciate that it's giving me it's making me confirm before I go to the site. Are you sure you want to go there? Are you it's, sure? The, the more upsetting part is the fact that it's seventy five dollars. Don't worry, free shipping. Uh, oh, oh, holy thank God. fuck! Yeah. Um, product details with. Are you going to read it? You want me to read it? <laughs> as soon as I was about to read it, you were going, you go for it. You, you can you can have this. Okay. You deserve it. Um, you can read the warnings. <laughs> uh, with, with a funny, gorgeous, sexy, and beautifully unexpected scent, this candle is wa- made with geranium, citrusy bergamo, uh, bergamot, and cedar absolutes juxtaposed with damask rose in ambrette seed to put us in mind of fantasy, seduction, and sophisticated warmth. No statement has ever been typed more pretentious than this piece of garbage. <laughs> 10.5 ounces. Well, well, Jake, how would you sell a $75 candle? <laughs> Not with a warning. Let's, let's, let's think about this at the end of the day. They're trying to sell... A candle, a scented candle. You know, that oh. $10 gift you get for your stepmom because you don't know what the fuck to buy up. Warning. Wait, hold up. Hold up. This, uh, yeah, read the warnings, but oh my God. Uh, they never said that there was more. There's more products. Warning. Burn candle within within sight. Keep away from things that catch fire. Keep out of reach of children or pets. Trim wick to an eighth inch before every lighting. Place on a stable, heat-resistant surface. Keep wax pool free from debris. Do not burn for more than two hours at a time. Allow glass to cool completely before handling. Uh, just we see a doctor up. if it burns for more than two hours. Yeah, right. Now you see, you see, we make fun of this, but you have to remember the target audience. This is very important instruction for your average goop shopper, because mm-hmm. they they they're shopping, they're buying shit off goop.com, which means they only have about three brain cells that rub together. Right. Yeah. So when so after you buy that, you can buy it with your "This smells like my orgasm" candle. And the this uh, smells like hands my off my vagina. And the yes, the hands off my vagina candle. Oh, there's also this smells like my orgasm roll on. You can get some roll on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what does that even smell like? <laughs> oh, you can't smell through your computer screen to check to make sure you actually like it before you buy it. <laughs> well, I've never like associated an orgasm with having a particularly distinct or strong scent. Oh, this hey, this one's for us boys. This smells like my vagina ceramic air freshener. Hey, materials <laughs> engineering gone to great use. Put, put it in your car. Oh, four free no. four interest free payments of five dollars if you bought with afterpay. Or twenty bucks. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the most reasonably priced thing on Goop. Um, fit and care? What did fit all right, Speaking care? of overpriced crap, Jurassic World Dominion. Um, this yeah. movie is overpriced garbage. I mean, I'm not, I'm, the only thing I'm going to say is what I said before, where the premise of this movie is that it should not have happened. 
Yeah. It shouldn't have been a problem like this. The story shouldn't have been been here, but we're going to get we're going to get Chris Pratt back at it again. Riding dinosaur cowboy through the winter desert. Yep. Circle up, boys. Um yeah, it's it's tired. It, the franchise needs a bullet. They're out of ideas, so they've resorted to nostalgia. They brought back Admiral Holdo and Alan, Alan. Um, from the first movie. Alan! And, uh, and Goldblum. Yeah. I think they brought Goldblum. Oh, Goldblum was he was already in, back. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. He was the first to come back. Sorry, I didn't no watch one, that one. No one hires Jeff Goldblum for anything anymore. <laughs> He had that Disney yeah, Plus series. What? Nat Geo series, The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Oh. And that's because it's Nat Geo. They don't have the budget for a real celebrity. So they hire Jeff Goldblum. Um, next up, we have Deep Water teaser trailer. It's just Ben Affleck and. Is that Mila Armis saying. Uh, no, it's Anna de Armas. Oh. Uh, from Knives Out. Who's that? She's the girl from Knives Out. <laughs> oh. It's not so it's not Mila Kunis. Okay. No. Um it's, in fact it's basically them lying on a couch being like, Oh, you're into me? Why? I don't know. But you are yeah. One of us is a murderer. There's Who knows? something wrong with me. Well, there's something wrong with me too. Uh it's from the director that brought you Fatal Attraction, Indecent Proposal in nine and a half weeks, so that should tell you everything you need to know about what kind of movie this is. Mm-hmm. Um, synopsis <laughs> a man falls under suspicion when his wife's lover dies somebody mm. in the comments wrote I will watch literally any movie with Anna in it how how many other movies should be in it I see um, she has she's been getting some work recently look at that she's in a couple movies no time to die Who's in Blade Runner? Oh yeah, she was. Yeah, she was the uh, the character we all really liked, the the Cuban operative. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I guess she was in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. She was in War Dogs. I saw that. I don't remember her in it. But I don't remember. I don't remember female characters. There were when there were men main characters. Come on. Um. Lies and fat in... girls talk about my type of movie. She's in Annabelle. Not that Annabelle, a different movie called Annabelle. Um yeah, so she's just got credits going back to two thousand six. I guess so. Yeah. And she's how old is she? She, she does do a movie or two, I guess. She does. Yeah, knives that was her Whoa, big. Oh, uh, she was in Spies in Disguise. See, we missed out, guys. She worked with the great White Menace, Will Smith. What? What? Will, I am a bird smith. Will, I directed fucking... Wait, which one did you... Which, what do we see of his... Was it uh, Boba Fett? Apparently he was like... You were telling us he was involved with the production of Cobra Kai in some yeah. capacity. Yes. Yep. Um, he was a producer for a couple episodes I refuse to believe it, so therefore it's not true. <laughs> um... Okay, let's move on quickly to Downton Abbey and New Era trailer. It's it's the 20s. They're all old-fashioned, except the young ones. 
and they have to adjust to a new era, and McGonagall's looking real old. <laughs> yep, it, and it's all very, very meta because it's a movie, and the plot of the movie is that there's a movie coming to Downton Abbey, and and one of them is in it, and they 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 they're laughing at movies being bad, at movies existing. Yeah, and huh. and and here they are in a movie. Um, my girlfriend likes Downton Abbey and she's excited about it. So that tells me that, uh, there is an audience that exists for this movie. I am just not a member of it. Downton Abbey has a pretty like hardcore fan base. Like they live and die by the Abbey. Oh yeah. I, I, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm aware that it's like single-handedly. Did it air on PBS, right? What's that? I think it it was on PBS and that was like the one thing that kept that station afloat for... For like, it's run. Yep, PBS makes shows. I thought they just like interviewed doctors and. Well, Jake, we've already established that you had a depressing childhood, free of cyber chase and dragon tales and between the lions. Yeah, not even a fucking sagua to your name. Let alone the PBS Clifford. shows. Nova. Science now. Fetch yeah. with Rough Ruffman. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, Nova Science now was fucking sweet. Um, Showcase Theater. This Old House, I think, was on there. Bob Vila, yeah. Oh, uh, Finding Antiques Your Roadshow? Roots did that, that thing. Yeah, I think Antique, so. Yeah, fucking Antique. Jake, how are you going to drop Antiques Roadshow? Fucking blows Pawn Stars out of the water. I had shit to do <laughs> when I was a kid, okay? I was very busy. It was a very my schedule was packed. I had yeah, no time you see, for PBS. You see, Peter, he had like fifty channels that he could I, browse. I through. was very elitist when it came to my TV and my cable. I was like, oh my god, if I'm going to like the single digits for shows, I I am a poor. And I'm my parents, because they're watching like Fox and MSNBC. So I need my Cartoon Network on 46, my Disney Channel Original Movies on 45, and my Nickelodeon on 44. See, we were Cartoon Network 32, Nickelodeon 33, and Disney Channel 34. Okay. Yeah, and I was Cartoon Network. I didn't know what it was because <laughs> I had no... I didn't know... I wasn't at any, any friend's house who had that. Uh, and same thing for the other two channels. So how much... Uh, Cartoon fl- Network was... Huh? How much Flapjack did you get to watch? Like in your lifetime, yeah. Did you ever watch any flapjack? Not even a full, not even a full episode. I just, I just siphoned off the most important bits. I want to inject a lot of flapjack into you, somehow. No, that's. I'm pretty sure that's against the Geneva Convention, making someone watch (laughs) flapjack. No, come on, you gotta have a tolerance to flapjack. I mean, he's do- oh, what's he gonna do? A little trick into a little flip. <laughs> flapjack is just like my ultimate. How did this get put on TV? Thing like there are bits of the show that are entertaining, but like the whole presentation and package is like who greenlit this for children? Somebody took mm-hmm. Tim and Eric and said, "How do we adapt this to kids?" <laughs> I, my my family is is into like folk music so i i was weirdly acquainted with like the dark dingy northern sea aesthetic that flapjack provides i was like yes 
dirty ass sailor tattoos and and grungy boats with scurvy. Yep, that's I know. Why do I know this? Why am I why am I familiar with these concepts? Two pieces of candy, um, fresh and clean. Yeah. Uh, like the, the jokes about fresh. the Rotten Tomato score. I've already been written. Yeah, um, it is a movie, presumably about a man who seduces a lady to eat her, kidnaps her, and eats her. Maybe I don't know. They already did Raw. Are they trying? They're trying to do like a different, another. Yeah, it's got play on uh, Sebastian Stan in it. Uh, He plays the dude. Uh, Here's the synopsis via movie clips. It's fresh. Follows Noah, who meets the alluring Steve at a grocery store, and given her frustrating frustration with dating apps, takes a chance and gives him her number. After the first date, Noah's smitten, accepts Steve's invitation to a romantic weekend getaway, only to find that her new paramour has been hiding some unusual appetites. Yeah, this is a cannibal movie. That's pretty cool. Horny cannibals. Why is why uh, when when did when did horny cannibals become a thing? Uh, well, Santa I Clarita Diet. Yeah, with Timothy Oliphant. And, I, uh, I mean, I guess that's been a thing on the internet for a long time. I mean, but the, yeah, the, I love the Vor. mainstream finally picked it up. Dude, I love Vor, so I, I get it. <laughs> Especially furry vor. When you get a giantess wolf to come eat you whole and you find your lost item in her belly and then she <laughs> is like, ooh, I feel you poking around in there. Man, this that's is, something. Uh, Jake, Jake, no, Jake went a little too little too detailed there. Went a little too specific for my comfort level. So we're just going to move past it and pretend like it didn't happen so we can remain friends. Um... <laughs> but we're not going to be able to remain friends if we're forced to watch this next movie, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Okay, okay. <laughs> Hear me out. What if it's good? <laughs> it's got John Mulaney and Andy Samberg as the Chippendale. Hear Chip me and out, Dale. Jake. What if the sky turns to fire and your nose falls off? Because that's if an equally plausible scenario. Well, here, Jake. Here's if it's good, then we watch it later. And yes. if it's bad, then we don't have to take that. It's Pascal's wager, but for my fun animated movies instead of my immortal soul. When, Jake, if you recall, we did an episode with a similar animated movie that, that had been rebooted for modern audience. It was called Tom and Jerry. He- now, did you finish that film? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I mean, it was hard. Oh, you told us on that show that you did not make it past the second animal tornado. Now I can tell you that this movie will. Oh, feature... I think I turned it off after the wedding. That's right. Because that was, yeah. I think, that was like ninety percent of the movie. <laughs> I was like, I've seen enough. I've seen enough. Yeah, uh, you're gonna reach that point again. Like this is like. MC Scat Cat and the Opposites Attract music video levels of compositing animation with live action. Like, mm-hmm. and, and the whole, like, it's a fucking uh, meta commentary 
fake documentary, but still like animated adventure. It's trying to do too much. Okay, this it, is next level. I did not realize this on first watch of this trailer. When I go back at sixth, seventh time, I actually realize the Indiana Jones jacket is 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 CG and not two D animated. They're like okay. blending it on the same little fucking thing. You know what, Jake? I take it back. This movie is going to be great. I'm going to go watch it just because of that. Um, this they is doing have a next Roger level Rabbit shit. cameo because I guess Disney got that back. Oh, they had Kid in the um, Wheelchair cameo, dude. Come on. This is this is content <laughs> with famous people being shoved out on the Disney Plus because they know it's not going to make any money in theaters, but they're hoping that they can lure some fans of the Lonely Island to watch this thing by subscribing to Disney Plus and watch them put it on premium access. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope so. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be it. This is going to be the best movie of the year. Yeah, I don't um, understand. So I guess they're at a con because I saw the kid in the wheelchair just like Pee Wee Herman. And I was very confused. But then next to the guy in the wheelchair dressed like Pee Wee Herman is a guy dressed like Borat. So I'm assuming they're at some sort of con. Well, I mean, they were. Yeah, they kind of said there's someone with like a Batman shirt. Yeah, they're, they're Batman, you know, <laughs> that's their Batman <laughs> cosplay. Um. I we haven't talked about the fact that there is a human who is cartoon animated, so yeah, I mean, those happen apparently. So the premise of the movie is Chip and Dale rescue rescue Rangers were like a real TV show, and this it was is like, a real TV show, or it well it, it is in Rob in the Roger Rabbit world, which this kind of ostensibly takes place in, where tunes are like a minority. <laughs> Yeah, so this they is in did, Toon They did World. this show. Ro, ro, uh, Rescue Rangers was a a more like a documentary or like a, a live. No, it was it was like an action. Jake, fiction. we had this problem last week with with Lightyear. <laughs> it, it was a TV show in that world too. Yeah, so, yeah. Yes. But the I'm... the famous actors behind it became washed up. Yeah, but they're still animated <laughs> in the live action world that they live in. So there was an yes. our world in 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 Earth you know, One. <laughs> there was a TV show called Chippendales Rescue Rangers that aired on Disney Channel. Are you sure? And the I'm looking at the Wikipedia Do, page think, right okay, now. <laughs> I, I think I know what's happening. Is that this is uh one of those um uh uh the effects? What what is the uh the Morgan Freeman effects? The Mandela, Mandela effects. The mandolin effect. The mandolin effect. I've, yeah. Yes. Or, Jake, so I've seen enough season... gasket rule thirty four on in your hard drive, Jake. You can't deny that this is a real thing. Gasket. Whatever the fucker name was, it was it was not Ratchet, right? Uh, Chip Dale Monterey Jack Gadget. 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 You think that's there the is? one that Jake has five terabytes of rule thirty four on? Uh, Fat Cat was the antagonist Warren Mole. So yeah, so this Chippendale Rescue Rangers was a real TV show that aired in our real world from 1989 to 1990. 65 episodes were produced and it was a hit and now this movie follows the the cartoon characters Chippendale in their post-Chippendale Rescue Rangers career 
and it's it it it's like it's like a BoJack Horseman type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, only probably not BoJack Horseman levels of uh, go Insightful. nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So it it doesn't look it looks like a cash grab. The CG is very cheap. Um. Space Jam. Like when you have Seth Rogen come out and he comes out so that he can do the laugh, and they put him in. Yeah. Seth Rogen, we're putting you in a CGI dwarf. We need you to do the high laugh. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it looks pretty abysmal. Uh, moving on to Windfall, Jason Siegel uh, robs a couple for reasons um, I'm not really sure. It's Netflix trash. We're moving on. The Contractor, uh, Chris Pine in action movie where he, uh, of course you did, Jake. You just had to type that phrase into Google. Do not share it. I'm not interested. <laughs> I can see your eyes. <laughs> your eyes tell a story. Um, don't do it. Anyway, the contractor uh, is a is a movie starring Chris Pine, and he kind of like does the Jason Bourne thing, and it's from the producer of John Wick and other movies that he's done. Um, stars Chris Pine, Jillian Jacobs. Let me try that again. Gillian Jacobs, yep. Ben Foster, and Kiefer Sutherland. Um, yeah, you're gonna need some industrial strength cleaner there, big boy. That's not coming out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this Jake holds the lighter up to his eyes. About the Oedipus complex, my my eyeballs after that thing. What? Jesus what? what? You're going to have your eyeballs be attracted to your mother? Well, no. He gouged his eyes out. I guess Oedipus Rex my eyeballs, I should have said. It's not really complex. Your eyeballs going to get Oedipus wrecked. Yeah. Oh. Uh, next up, we have Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. So uh, it's another biopic. It's it's strange that Elvis got a biopic after Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. Um, but here we are. It features Tom Hanks doing some kind of an accent. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I'm like, is that Tom Hanks? Elvis, how's Who? your sex life? <laughs> oh, hi, doggy. <laughs> oh, you junkyard, you hound dog. They were you like, you know, Tommy Wise. Dog. <laughs> They're like, you know, Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, just do that. You don't know who um, Tommy Wiseau is? Okay, ask your son, Chet. He knows. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, Tom Hanks at this stage in his career only really gets involved in projects that artistically fulfill him. Um, so I trust his judgment on this. I'm sure it will be fine. My sister will want to go see it. Uh, she will drag my other sister to it. So I won't have to go. He better eat the sandwich in the movie. I want to see him eat a fried peanut butter and banana sandwich and have a heart attack on the shitter. If those two events are in this movie, then what was it all for? Exactly. That's like making the Passion of the Christ without the crucifixion bit. 
And that was the whole movie. Yeah, that was the best part of the Bible. Come on. No, the best part of the Bible was the incest. <laughs> Just doing a real round table today, aren't we, kids? I mean, fuck, it's in there. I I like the I I'm a I'm a particular fan about the uh, the multi-eyed monstrous angels that are described. Oh yeah, that's now that's hot. It says don't accurate angels. Don't be afraid, human. I know I may look like a horrendous monster to you, but I swear to God, if you don't do good, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. Um, God God should get sued for the genocide he's committed. <laughs> we, need to, we need to have him stand trial at the Hague. Let's cancel God. Honestly, he's done some pretty heinous shit. Like we're gonna cancel. We're gonna cancel. I mean, all the birds yelling outside my door every morning. (laughs) We're gonna cancel Kevin Hart for for some gay jokes he made a decade ago. Why has no one tried to cancel God yet? We found your receipts from (laughs) six thousand years ago. Pete, did you just say there's a bunch of birds outside your door that are like really loud in the morning? I mean that that's every door in America. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I'll just uh, I just say there's been an influx of a bird or there's just been one bird that moved into my neighborhood that is just <laughs> okay. non-stop screaming. Good. I really I hope it screams like a person, like an actual person. <laughs> it's a bird. Like it's, it's like it's a, an escaped parrot <laughs> whose owner like decided to prank humanity. Dude, could you imagine how freaked out the first person to find out parrots can speak must have been? Oh yeah, that's some that's some evil evil witch shit. Yeah, where are the Salem witch trials on those parrots? <laughs> like, huh? like, I that can guy only probably imagine. S- tried to speak. Like he 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 had to run off to like any near any secluded area and like just yell out loud to make sure the bird did not actually steal his voice. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he like tried to tell people about it for weeks but the bird wouldn't talk again so everyone thought he was crazy and he eventually killed himself that's probably how it went down probably (laughs) just like it went down like this for weekend six of the box office weekend february 11th 13th year of our lord 2022 cancel that common era Uh, Death on the Nile taken in the number one spot this week with $12.89 million. I'm sure a far cry from what they were hoping for. 20th Century Studios, yet again, Disney on top of the box office. Uh, but is Disney on top of our spotlight? Well, the answer is yes, because we are covering Death on the Nile on spotlight this week. And uh, it's got a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not too bad, eh? It's got an 83% audience score. That's about the exact same shit as Murder on the Orient Express was. Um, 6.7 out of 10. I liked, I, I liked, it was all right, the new Murder on the Orient Express. I don't know that we needed the sequel. Or I guess it's not really a sequel so much as it's just another Agatha Christie book. Yeah. Um. But here we are. And uh, you know the kings. Dr- you know the drill. The uh, can't can't trust real reviewer traits. Uh, clown boxes, um, burying kids in the backyard. You know the whole nine, the whole bit. You know the bit by now, unless you're new. Then you don't know mm-hmm. what the fuck I'm talking about. In which case, I 
congratulations for making it through an bit, hour of fucking yeah. trailer analysis. Yeah. If you don't know the bit, go up to a real reviewer and get bit. Yes. It's the only way to get an immunity. And in the morning, you'll wake up with a little bit of fever. And it's like a vampire. And, and, and the, and that, the text like, of that IMDb copy pasta will be like, Steve, <laughs> like, burned into your eyelids. Best president since Andrew Jackson, maybe? Yes. Um, at, in your dreams, you'll hear Fergus and Six walk up to you and go, Greetings again from the darkness. <laughs> um. All right, so I'm going to start with a 10 out of 10 review from Mergsk. Please go see it in the theater! Exclamation mark. I loved this movie. I think that Kenneth Barnyat's Perot is spot on. The emotion that he conveys, the life he brings this character, the backstory to boot! Exclamation mark. I hope they make more of these movies because this is stunning, beautifully shot, with clever screenwriting. I liked Murder on the Orient Express, but this kicked it up a notch in just about every way. If you long parenthetical, if you see in theaters, they make may make more of these brilliant movies. And what better way to spend your Saturday than trying to solve a mystery with Hercule Poirot? Um. Exclamation mark. 10 out of 27. Found that helpful. Hmm. Well, but did you? That's all that really matters. Felix38 thought something slightly different with the 1 out of have 10 we, rating. Have we heard from Felix38 before? I feel like we have. I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll search through his uh, inventory afterwards. Uh, misguided meddling with the source text. I went in with full knowledge of the changes to characters and had accepted them. The film looks very beautiful. I really don't know what else to say in the way of compliments. I really I enjoyed the first half. This is one out of ten, first of all. <laughs> I enjoyed the first half, complimenting the shit out of it. But once the murder <laughs> once the murdering started Once we got to the murdering then It, it all went downhill luck. quickly <laughs> The blame must be laid go. At the feet of the screenwriter His dialogue is terrible And I cannot understand Why when he could have used More of the dialogue from the novel Then he's Fiddled with the plot And the changes he's made Left me scratching my head As it was more than fine To begin with I'll admit I'm biased. It's my favorite book. I understand film and books are different mediums, and so things cannot be replicated exactly. But this is well beyond that. Why was the big wavering letter J not on the wall? Hmm? Please, Michael Green, must not be allowed anywhere near an Agatha Christie property again. 49, 49 out of 72 found that again. helpful. Again. I, uh... That was... When I was li- listening to that review, I just thought back to the... The list of cinematic transgressions runs long. <laughs> and I want that to be the ending of every episode of CinemaSins. I will resubscribe to CinemaSins. <laughs> 
they just put that stinger at the end. Yeah. Yeah, Jake, that was that was a rather lugubrious erectation of the review. I appreciate that. I mean, how can a spoken word be lugubrious? Isn't lugubrious having the appearance of being sad? No, lugubrious is is long, languid, uh, as I understand it. How to spell? How to fucking um, spell lugubrious? I don't think we've heard from Felix thirty eight before. Lugubri- I see. Um, Looking or sounding sad and dismal. Sounding, yeah. I guess yeah, but um, that wasn't what you think. All right, then, then languid. Gosh. Um. We got one. We got four out of ten from Druberwolf. Uh, his four out of ten, what an extremely redundant version. Uh, wherein, uh, I'll set the stage, he has decided to write an open letter to uh, Mr. Bronog, and he has decided that the IMDB user reviews is the proper forum for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, dear Mr. Bronog, uh, you will never read my review, of course. Anyhow, let me first say that since I first saw Henry V, I have been an avid fan of yours. But do you know why your Shakespeare movies were so good? No, no, he doesn't. Not a clue. Uh, The reason is that you let Shakespeare speak. You were true to him. You did not try to improve on him. And I thank you for that. Your speech at Agincourt is for me close to the pinnacle of that of what I have ever seen on the silver screen, and you made me love Shakespeare. And then what happened? Why do you suddenly believe you can improve on another master of the game, Agatha Christie? Peter Ustinov's version is quite good. David Zuket's really good, while yours is well. How to put it politely, not not there. Uh, You are not true to the book. The casting is horrible. The attempts at political correctness, a crime for which I had hoped you would not stoop to, but your cardinal sins are these. Uh, It was very early obvious who were the culprits. The only vaguely interesting issue who had aided and abetted. I last saw Suchet's version 20 years ago and could not remember the plot. (laughs) And the thing about a whodunit is that it actually should pose somewhat of a conundrum until revealed, right? What you have done to Poirot is tantamount to character assassination. What a charmless fellow you have made of made him into. I will I will see Henry the V again to try and blot this movie from my mind, and I hope I forget you ever made it. Eight out of eleven. Well, that was uh... scathing. That you made that personal. Yeah, the like the one out of tens, they're just they're just gonna rip on it. But like the middle ones, there's a there's an art there. Yeah, uh, Delecting has a ten out of ten review. Spellbindingly authentic, a must see. I wish the racist, bigoted naysayers would leave the movies alone to those of us who enjoy them. Three exclamation marks. This movie was worth the wait. Thank you, Kenneth Brangna, for directing this long overdue and excellent movie! Exclamation marks to him. Good acting, setting, and story, and well played in the style of Agatha Christie. It was built up excellently. Ex- uh, three exclamation marks. One out of ten found that helpful. Did he direct this? Did he actually? I thought. Yes. Okay, he did. 
Okay. I thought that he was just an actor. So is this the same Kenneth Branagh who was in the Street Fighter movie? <laughs> or is that someone else? Who is that in the, um, in the Street Fighter Legend of Chun Li? It might have been Michael Clark Duncan was in the Street Michael Fighter. Michael Clark Duncan, that's who it was. Trump, isn't that a Pawn Star? Yeah, Chun Chun Li. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. So London Paul says one out of ten. Warning to Agatha Christie fans. So I'm going to preface this with... It's not included in the review. I'm going to preface it with some little, little bit of sound effects. You hear that? The sound you hear in the back of your mind. Oh, he also directed Artemis Fowl. Oh, well. All right, sorry, Jake. Wow. Now I have to start again. Because the ambiance is now ruined. So I have to start again with my sound effects. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> oh, we also directed Ooh. Belfast. <laughs> directed Belfast. <laughs> the sound you hear in the back of your mind is Agatha Christie spinning in her grave. You might also hear a similar sound from all of the her fans who are no longer with us to save you any unpleasantness. Do not watch this version of Death on the Nile. They, they literally killed people then. The producers of this movie went out of their way, even went overboard, to fill this movie with politically correct <laughs> feminist mumbo-jumbo, none of which existed when Agatha Christie wrote her story, nor were present in the Peter Usinov version of this movie, the only thing this movie will do is alienate any potential new Christie fans or Christie stands, you know. Woe unto them for doing this. 52 out of 71 found that helpful. Woe unto them for doing you this. You know, I'm really glad that someone took this source material, this misogynistic <laughs> source material. <laughs> I mean, who is this Agatha Christie dude anyway? What do they know about women? <laughs> yeah. Oh, lordy. Um, finally, we got the 6 out of 10 from N- uh, Nagito Komeda um, with his review. Isn't you will be snack? in <laughs> denial about how slow this film is. Oh, super hot fire. That's the sole reason I chose this review. Okay. Um, There's a solid story in here, but the film really needed to cut 20 minutes off its runtime. The middle act of this film drags on when it's supposed to be the most interesting part as we try to solve the mystery. Uh, The acting was a mixed bag. Some people were great in their roles. Others felt like emotionless voids spewing out dialogue to get a quick paycheck. I wonder who that might have been. Uh... (laughs) The locations the crew visit are fun and more varied than the previous film's static locale. Uh, the ending was solid and justified the experience, but I wish it didn't take so long to get there. 16 out of 30. You know, that was a criticism I had of Murder on the Orient Express. It was about 25, 30 minutes too long. So I guess he didn't learn his lesson. Nope. All right. Well, that's Murder on the Orient Express. I don't know if... We've come to any conclusions on the quality of the movie, but uh, maybe you did. 
and maybe we've we've saved you some money or made sure that your investment was worthwhile. I'm going to cough now. <coughs> I turn away from the mic to cough. I'm back. Uh, Jackass Forever has been deposed from the number one spot, bringing itself down to number two with an is 65.1% drop despite opening in 49 more theaters. Um, it has brought in $50 million worldwide. It would open internationally, or at least in Canada, uh, where it brought in $10 million. So I'm sure it it made more than its money back. Um, Marry Me is in the third spot, uh, narrowly edging out Spider-Man No Way Home with 7,949,000. Um, in its opening week, uh, Spider-Man, like I mentioned, right behind it with 7,521,000 in its uh, ninth week, um, only down 20.9%. Uh, Marry Me has made $20 million worldwide. Spider-Man No Way Home has made $1.8 billion. Holy shit, it crossed the $1.8 billion threshold. <laughs> yep. I think it opened in China. <laughs> Because it has a billion dollars international gross. Um, Ridiculous. Yeah. Quite the film. Quite the powerhouse film. Uh, Black Light opened in fifth with three and a half million dollars. Uh, Travis Block is a government operative coming to terms with a shadowy past when he discovers a plot targeting U.S. citizens. Oh no, he's got to block it. Block finds himself in the crosshairs of the FBI director he once helped protect. Hmm. Who'd have thought that that would have only made $5 million? <laughs> it's a big weekend. Uh, Sing 2, in its eighth weekend, is right on its heels with $3 million, almost dead even, uh, down 27.1% and leaving 435 theaters. Scream has fallen three spots down to seventh, down 37.8%, good enough for $2.957 million out of 600 theaters. Moonfall has dropped six spots, down 70.1%, and it didn't even open that strong. <laughs> Big, uh, it really fell down the, the ratings You there. could say the moon fell. <laughs> you want to hear the budget for this bomb? I'm pretty sure it's like 150 million, right? Uh, it's yeah, yeah, 140 million. <laughs> it is uh well actually the where did I see the the thing? It said it's the the most expensive independently produced film. Well, one Since of the most expensive Lionsgate and indie. <laughs> in yeah, one of the most expensive independently produced films of all time. Well, it certainly isn't making that money back. To date, it has grossed $31 million worldwide. Jesus. Uh, and when you factor in the production budget and advertising, it better hope that it does real well on uh, home video sales or the distribution rights for yeah. streaming Enjoy sell for a good amount Spike of money. TV every weekend for the next 50 years. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. If this honestly came out on HBO Max or something... I'll probably watch it just for shits and giggles. Well, you have Portland. Yeah, if it was on a streaming service that we already fucking pay for it, sure. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably watch this because, I, I, I don't know, big, it seems like big, dumb excitement, but I'm not going to spend money for that shit. I'm just going to Licorice Pizza in its 12th it. week has finally opened in a wide release. It's up 48.9%. 
good enough to take the ninth spot in this week's leaderboard. Uh, uh, 1,900 theaters, up 1,000 from last week, uh, and it's 12th week. So, interesting timing. $24 million worldwide. <laughs> um, and rounding out the top 10, we have The Beatles, Get Back, The Rooftop Concert, which I'm sure... No, that's an IMAX, okay. I was going to swear this was a Fathom event. Um, $488,000 in 179 theaters. So that was actually like second in per theater take, I think. Nope, I lied. The worst person in the world was first in per theater take. It grossed $248,000 in 49 theaters, second week from Neon. It's doing its rolling release. Um, Death on the Nile was second. And Beale's Rooftop Concert was in third. So, yeah. Pretty close. So that's top ten for this week at the box office. Uh, it's it's February, guys. It's early winter. No one's trying. Yep. Um, now we've got some gaming news. Yeah, I, I got a couple gaming news stories. Go for it. Um. Well, Jake, first I'll ask you, uh, with first one's a magic story, uh, with Kamigawa Neon Dynasty coming out, uh, did you see the anime trailer? I did not, actually. Yeah, so they dropped an anime trailer, which was a kind of really quick, like, three-minute synopsis of the story. Um, you could probably look it up right now. Uh, it's animation by Studio Wit who is doing the last season of Attack on Titan right now, I believe. Mm-hmm. And with music by TK, no, who I Mappa. guess is... Huh? Mappa. Wit, Wit did the original uh, oh, first okay. three seasons. Then it's it, it's still Studio Wit. It's still very good. It's a very good animated studio. Animated studio. Yeah. They're doing Ranking of Kings right now, so my, my fucking support is all the way behind them. And, yeah, music by some popular Japanese... Uh, singer person um i would say that this this three minute anime trailer for a magic the gathering set is is better than like 50 percent of the star wars visions i mean a lot of them are pretty hot garbage so i mean it looks pretty fucking good yeah um so that's the thing they just went they went full they went full anime for this, and people are are uh, very excited. They're like, man, why can't we just get like a like just can't we get a full anime season, like an OVA or something? Um, so people are hyped about that. Um, speaking of just continued hype, um, uh, another drop from Nomansky. Yeah. They're still making update patches, like big content patches. This one. Uh, I guess the one that came out a little while ago was The Village, where now they have villages that are generated. But the one that just came out like this week was um, their Sentinel update, which is mechs. So now you can make your own mech and pilot it around and fight other giant robots. Battletech, baby! Yep. Um. Oh, God. So no no man's sky just they're just gonna keep doing it. 
<laughs> They're never going to stop. Hey, you know, if you bought No Man's Sky, you've gotten tremendous value from that. So this was a, a story that broke, um, not strictly gaming related, but we do often cover some computer hardware news. So this, this is a story that's been brewing for the past like a week or so. And I just I stumbled upon the video because I'm subscribed to Gamers Nexus, and it is a situation where they ordered a motherboard from Newegg. It was a five hundred dollar motherboard. Um, they got it in the house. They didn't even open the box it was shipped in, because by the time it arrived, they had already solved whatever issue they had purchased it to do. So they were just gonna ship it back, do an RMA, whatever, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Turns out, pretty big deal. Um, so what happened was Newegg denied their RMA, citing that the CPU socket had bent pins, um, which is interesting, seeing as how Steve from Gamers Nexus never even opened the fucking box. So um, he 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 goes through this whole rigmarole with their customer service people mm-hmm. trying to find out why the RMA was actually denied and explain the situation asking, you know, call me at this number so I can explain the situation, not through text. And, you know, he's getting like their scripted replies for their chat or whatever. And eventually he gets the motherboard back after all this, after he, you know, makes a video about this experience and it gets so much worse once he gets the motherboard back because on the motherboard is an RMA sticker from Gigabyte, the manufacturer of the motherboard, where Newegg themselves RMA'd the board to Gigabyte Ooh. because there was CPU socket damage. Right. And Gigabyte quoted them $100. So they got in touch with Gigabyte. This is where they got this information from using what was on the sticker. Mm-hmm. So Gigabyte quoted Newegg $100 to repair the CPU socket, which is actually pretty reasonable for that big a repair job. Uh, They said no. They got the motherboard back, and they sold it as an open box item for $500. Oh, my God. So uh, this is blown up in Newegg's face, uh, Considerably, Newegg used to be one of the finer purveyors of yeah. hardware. They got bought in 2016 by a Chinese tech company, and ever since then, they've been going downhill. And this uh, experience that Steve has had, according to many people, is not a unique or isolated incident. Uh, apparently, a lot of people have had similar issues with Newegg. Um, they've since come out and uh, issued an apology and promised to. Um, better themselves. Um, Steve and his crew have gone out to California to have a meeting with Newegg. Uh, they're going to get put in front of one of their PR people, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, yeah, they're pretty good investigative journalists. Uh, they're sorry. not going to let this go. We're so sorry. We're yeah. sorry. Yeah. This was a, like, I think this is a good rule of thumb in general. Like. If a business makes the decision to do something shitty, um, they're not going to unmake that decision unless, like, serious regulatory shit gets involved. Well, what they, they committed a crime here by selling knowing, knowingly selling defective merchandise as open box, mm-hmm. as new. Um, so that's fraud. 
there can be legal repercussions for that. And this is a big hit to their PR because this is the most publicly they've ever been called out for this shit. Right. Um, and I know I've been following Gamers Nexus for a while, and uh, I know that they're not going to let the shit go. So if Newhag doesn't, you know, make good on this, we're going to find out about it, and it's going to we're going to follow them around for a while. So hopefully, they actually do make some policies changes because Newhag has been going down the shitter for a while, and that leaves you with like Best Buy. Amazon, and if you're lucky enough to live near a micro center, micro center, as your only uh, like PC hardware buying options, and we don't want to give Amazon any more market share than it already has. Yeah, because uh, they have good customer service, but they have a shitty pretty much everything else. Um, so that's that new egg bitch slap crackdown. Um, now from that piece of shit to what I'm sure will be another piece of shit. Netflix is apparently making a Bioshock movie. So we have two classically troubled genres, Netflix original movies and video game adaptations joining together as one. <laughs> yeah. I, they're not going to make it scary enough. They're, they're not gonna. They're not gonna do justice to it. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those things where uh, we're all left. I don't know. If, even if it's like a matter of making it scary enough, I just I don't know how you do it. As well, I guess it actually is a pretty cinematic game when you yeah. get or you can present it in a cinematic way. And I'm I'm glad that they're doing a movie instead of like a a, a like season of a TV show. Because I feel like there's not enough there for a whole season of a TV show. Unless yeah. you do, like, not, you, like, just use Rapture as, like, a setting mm-hmm. and follow I, another character and not the protagonist of uh yeah. I know it's a show. little out of, you know, a little past uh, due here, or a little out of time, out of touch. Um but I would kind of much rather they make a System Shock 2 game or a movie uh, or even a System Shock 1 movie because that's a, that's a very clear narrative that can fit really well into a movie. You wake up on a space station. There's an evil computer trying to destroy the world. You have to hack your way past the mutants and the robots and shut it down. Well, Bioshock and System Shock are very similar in, in concept. So you can, yeah, I can make the similar reductive uh, thing about uh, Bioshock. You know, you're you're on a plane, your plane crashes, you seek refuge in this lighthouse, which leads to a secret underwater city, and you have to survive the... Well, who's the main antagonist of Bioshock, though? That's my thing. Well, I can't tell you without spoiling it. <laughs> what? Oh, that's silly. Um, well, there's a twist, you see. Go play Bioshock, or at least look up a story summary. It's it's really a pretty well-put-together story. I just don't trust... Like, it's it's kind of a little hard to adapt into a movie, I think, and I don't trust Netflix to get it right. No. I mean, I mean a big part of what like made Bioshock really cool, too, especially Bioshock Infinite, that's the, that's the one that I uh, watched like the gameplay of. Uh, was like the game, like the actual gameplay of it was unique and kind of 
put itself on its yeah, own ladder? Why don't they make a Bioshock Infinite game or movie? Because like, that's well, another great one. Personally, I find the story of the first Bioshock to be a lot more interesting and a lot more conducive to film. Bioshock's inf- Infinite's ending gets a little too heady for its own good. It- Infinite was yeah. Infinite's ending was like whoa, like <gasps> yo, that's deep, dude. And when then the really more you think deep. about it, you're like, no, it's really not that deep. Not that deep. <laughs> not that deep. Not that deep. But whoa, it's about dude, waist high. you totally, <laughs> Even. You, you totally made it sound so deep. Yeah, it's we like, were underwater, and now we're in the clouds, dude. That was like a, it was a total uh, R slash I'm fourteen, and this is really deep, <laughs> sort of thing. What do the numbers mean, Mason? Like Mason, that. the numbers, man. Like, what do they mean? Like, 4 and 20? Um, Knuckles is getting a TV series, and yes, Idris Elba is returning to voice Knuckles in this TV series. Paramount has confirmed that original Knuckles series is in development, and I, this is your moment. If you're not going to put it in the movie, I understand. You got to keep a time frame, but... This is the moment to do it. You do it like Donkey Kong Country TV show where you have a Knuckles rap. Yes. In every episode. Make it happen. Paramount. This is all I'm asking. I don't ask you a lot, Paramount. Usually we'd go to Steve Blum with these things. Usually we go to Steve Blum or or recently we've been making some moves with HBO Max. We have a uh, we have a brilliant idea for a John C. Riley. And uh, Will Ferrell, uh, Deli Master, which is an original character Peter and I created on the drive over from work. <laughs> yep. Uh, team up with uh, famed DC Universe IP Condiment King. Yes. Um, so so you can you can call us. And we we're got gonna the call treatment. it all the fixins. Yes. Um, you, we'll get you the treatment HBO Max. So you know, give us a ring on that. Not a big deal. Uh, Paramount. I only ask of you like two things. Uh, stop ruining Star Trek and make a Knuckles rap in every episode of this this television series. That's not a lot. I'm not asking yeah. you a lot. No. Doesn't seem like too much. Um, <laughs> oh, no. But I think. Oh, well, no. I think if they're going to make a Knuckles TV show, they got to say true to the roots and make him woke as fuck and explain feminism. And you know why the glass ceiling, and you know maybe some systemic racism, uh, um, and go really deep into like the the pills, whatever pill it is to take. Take that one. Okay. Knuckles. So the second paragraph of this article here is is the most alarming part of this. I think that he really buries the uh, buried the lead there. He buried the lead here, um, and uh, so it's going to premiere. 2023 exclusively on Paramount Plus. And among the company's other newly announced projects is a Dungeons and Dragons movie, another one, because the first one worked out so good. What was a, the first one? It had Michael Irons in it, and. Uh, that's, that's most of it. Who it, was the guy in uh, Don't Be a Menace? One of the Wayans brothers? Yeah. What I think he was in it. Uh, he was in the original Dungeons. Dude, the first movie uh, is um Dungeons is like Dragons maybe the Bard movie. Were there three? Uh, so Dungeons and Dragons the movie, the one I'm referencing. Yes, there are three apparently in 2000, 2005, and 2012. 
So the 2000 movie is the one I am referencing, which stars um, Marlon Wayans. Yes. Yep. <laughs> uh, Justin Wallen. Uh, Zoe McLean. Chris, Kirsten Wilson. Uh, Lee Amberg. Oh, Jeremy Adams, not Michael Irons. And Bruce Payne. Um, it is largely con- is considered by many to be one of the worst movies ever made. Um, obviously, we know better. Yes. But it is quite bad. Let me figure out who Michael Wayans played. I'm just reading the storyline on I'm, IMDb, and I'm dying. <laughs> Dude, I'm fucking dying inside. No, you need to see the overacting versus underacting competition that Jeremy Irons and the female lead have in one scene. Yeah. Uh, he plays the character of Snails. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the two thieves. Uh, Ridley and Snails. Enter two thieves, Ridley and Snails, who unwittingly become instrumental in Savina's search for the rod. Of course, that's the rod of Savriel, a mythical right. rod that has the power to control red dragons, a species even mightier than the gold. I don't know if that's true or not. I um, I don't know nothing about no Dungeons and Dragons species. Now, you've you've heard of Bruce Wayne. Now get ready for Bruce Payne. Yeah, we... As, da- as Damodar. Damodar. Dormammu. I've come to bargain for a better movie. If, uh, in other news, if Roblox were a country, if their daily users were a country, it would now outsize Canada. And in, in the uh, FY 2021, people spent 41.4 billion hours on the platform. Um, oh, so if you're if you're our age, uh, you probably don't know what Roblox is. So let me explain it Roblox. to you, Boomer. The audience, um, two thirds of its user bases are kids aged nine to twelve. Um, it is like a sandbox type Lego game where you can like use its asset packs to build other like areas and even games in and of itself it's actually i've seen some pretty creative shit done with roblox mm-hmm. i don't think i would ever get into it because i think it is pretty microtransaction laden but i will say there there's some legitimately cool creative stuff going on there and some of those kids are going to grow up to be like programmers and and people working in the games industry yeah um but it, it's kind of like a Minecraft sort of. It's like a social network. It's like a Minecraft MMO, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with creation tools that a lot of people kind of use primarily. But it's it's getting big. And I think they, they're going public soon if they haven't already done that. I remember we did an article. We covered an article a while back about how they were preparing their IPO. Um, so you can invest in them Roblox stonks. Get your Roblox NFTs. Yeah, the Roblox chain. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're gonna call it without a fucking doubt. Oh yeah, that's a that's another quick uh, quick story from from the Magic Front. Um, some dudes tried to make a Magic NFT, and Wizards is like, you don't own the IP. Copyright. And we're probably going to do that in a couple years anyway, so Uh-oh. fuck Uh-oh. off. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's everyone knows it's coming. Magic Uh-oh. NFTs, but I love the like. Apparently, this is a a not a a unique thing. Like, this is a thing that NFT people do, where they're just they like, just steal other people's artwork. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and like go for like you know big professional you know franchise IPs and like yeah no we're making we're gonna make the Inuyasha IP uh, NFT. Yeah, <laughs> that's we're gonna make money off of this. Yeah, and it's uh, it's called minting. It's got to mint your image into a NFT uh, that becomes a non fungible token. And screenshot the NFT. Yes. Screenshot. I have it. Mine. Um, yeah. What if you What if you mint an already minted NFT by screenshotting it and being like, "This is what I this feel is my like." Design. At we're going to reach a point in the not too distant future, because it's just the speed at which the internet works, where we are going to have people making nfts of nfts and we're gonna have several layers deep mm-hmm. and it's 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 gonna be like modern art where someone like paints a toilet seat red and calls it i, I guess the only work. question is do we want to get in on the ground floor and get that go get the scam going first so with what i will call the prox chain because it's a proxy of an already existing blockchain i i feel like Every time we discuss one of these schemes, and a lot of them are pretty good schemes, I, I just have this, there's this part of me that uh, says, you can't be this shitty a person, Kurt. <laughs> the little moral core inside all of us. And I really wish my parents didn't raise me with any kind of morals, because I would, out of a much bigger house. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'd all be fucking living good if we just, you know, turned off that mammal brain. Yeah, if we could, if I, you know, if we just had the the moral compunction, the scam, the rubes, like I know we're capable of, we'd be, we'd be making yeah. paper. Um, Witcher 3, the director of The Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk 2077 veterans have announced a new studio and a AAA dark fantasy RPG, Rebel Wolves is the name of the studio and uh, in some interviews they've taken some pock shots at the work culture of the CD Project Red um, but they got a lot of people from the teams that worked on The Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk 2077 so keep an eye out for stuff from Rebel Wolves in the future and from Rebel Wolves we go to Dances with Wolves to Dances with Banthas um, so that is your uh, three degrees of Boba Fett as we transition into our book of Boba Fett review. Yes. Um, I am sure there are going to be some different opinions in this round table. And I think, uh, I think two of our opinions are going to be very similar, if not the same. And there's going to be one dissenter. And hmm. we'll, we'll we'll leave a brief pause here for you at home to vote, <laughs> vote on, on who your you phones. think the dissenter's gonna be. Leave a comment on uh, <laughs> I don't know Red Circle page I guess or yeah. tweet tweet your vote now. Tweet, tweet who you think is gonna be. The, That's right. The grubby, you in twenty thirty six who is watching this and catching up after we've we've minted our last episode. Um, yes. Tweet us now. Um, we promise we'll get back to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the old man Kurt's going to get a ding on his phone. Yep. I'm going to count that. Uh, this also includes you and 5142, uh, the last human who can speak English, 
who is reading this as part of his archaeology studies. Uh, yes, uh, I know Twitter doesn't exist anymore, but like you can pretend. Just write out a text that's 140 characters and throw it at someone, like with the intent to hurt them. That's about what a tweet is. Murderous. You have to have the murderous intent. The Satsui no Haro. Um, all right, so let's let's talk about Book of Boba Fett. Um, I'll start off by saying I don't know why the show was made. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know why it took the form it did. Because, um, so the first thing, I know this is the stupidest comment, um, but where's the book? What's, what's the book of Boba Fett? Like, now I get like, you know, it doesn't have to be a literal title. Um, but like Star Wars titles aren't really a complex affair. They usually refer to a thing that actually happens. You know, in The Empire Strikes Back, The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> in The Phantom Menace, there's a, a Phantom Menace. In Return of the Jedi, a Jedi returns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in the book of Boba Fett, there is not really one piece of written literature. Um, I know there may have been trying to go with like a book of the Bible kind of thing. Perhaps. But by the book of Boba Fett was like his balance sheets. Like his, that's what his I was thinking books. too. Like it's his list of grudges. That would have made a pr- good premise for a show and given you a through line through the show and a motivation for the character. But instead, we got nothing. I got there. So, you I see, liked one like, episode out of this series. You see, it's like poetry. I like two. Hmm. Um, what do you uh, think, Jake? Uh, yeah. Do you, Do you want to speak on the on on behalf of the show, I, or did I really? You? I I really don't know how anybody could have any sort of criticisms over this masterpiece of a show. I mean, you had Tamora Morrison showing up with a dad bod and ugly scarring halfway through the 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 show, and then it gets better and he looks a little bit sexier, but. He's still got a little bit of that dad bod, and you're like a little bit of that dad bod. You look like fucking you're Danny the DeVito. <laughs> you're the you're the menace that is the, the the famous bounty hunter Boba Fett. Okay, all right. Well, and then uh, and and then I mean you got like so so many famous uh uh characters like the 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 hoodlums, the youth, the youths that come out of nowhere with their. Their, their, their cyber British accents and, and their cyber. It's such a unique kind of Star Wars thing to have, uh, mm-hmm. and their their clean aesthetic and their clean bikes in this dusty wind shithole that is Tatooine and Mos Eisley. Yeah, their shiny oh, bikes mean, that just don't match the Mos dynamic Eisley, range of the rest yeah. of the shot. That... I get all the Moses mixed up. Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, and then and death. then you have the 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 fucking Twi'leks that are sexy and they're. Cute, and then you got Chewbacca, who is just awesome, and, and he does everything. And he, the cool, the cool part about it is that it leaves it up to your imagination. So where we, he does the coolest thing, you don't get to see that. That's the left. You think, think about that. You think about when he beats up all the lizards. You beat, he beats them up in your brain because you're like, because you have to think. Oh no, he's dead. Oh no, Chewbacca died, but he didn't die. Uh, Chewbacca is still much okay. Chewbacca um, is Chewbacca. I feel like this show 
exists because this this cut side story for uh season three of the Mandalorian didn't have quite enough material to stretch out. <laughs> so I looked up, I Googled real quick yeah. and uh, you you bring this up and it connects. I looked up, why was it called book of Boba Fett? And the, the first thing that popped up was the Mandalorian 2.5. <laughs> there are two episodes that are just straight up episodes of the Mandalorian. Yes. And those, you know, perhaps not surprisingly are the two best episodes yeah. in in the book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Uh the first three episodes are just a a slog. Uh you have um about forty five minute episodes and they're split in half pretty much for the first at least couple between uh current events and flashbacks to his time with the Tuscan Raiders. Yes. And I'm sorry, I could not give less of a shit about his time with the Tuscan Raiders. Yeah. And it just, it feels like Disney Plus shows are good at, they've got two things like nailed down really good here. And it's, uh, it's taking a character and completely changing them to fit your story mm-hmm. rather than you know changing your story to to fit the character or using the right character to fit your story right um and it's relegating the main character of your show to a background player <laughs> and book of boba fett does that pretty good in spades in, yep. in spades um so the biggest i th- i think uh most of us can agree that the biggest issue with boba fett the character is that in this series um Although he's supposed to be presented as the leader of his his crime boss, his crime empire, he's kind of inherited it and has to build it back up for from what it was under um, uh, Jabba or Bit uh, Fortuna, kind of right yeah, after yeah, Fortuna. Um, he is a his character is it's written to with the intent that he's trying to make a more just rule than. He, uh, he leave with a more just rule than he started with. Um, but the effect of it is he comes off as a pushover, as a bad leader, and as uh, really a candy ass. He just, he the whole show, he he seems like a tired old man who can't, who's confused and, and can't like function by himself. Yes. So um, so I want to touch upon a couple of things. So I agree with a lot of what Kurt said before about the whole um, slog, feeling, they make you feel like a slog. Mm-hmm. I actually like, so this is my my actual opinion, not, not the, the, the joking, sarcastic, uh, best show ever. Um, I, I did, that was the actually one thing, there were like two things that I liked in the show. And the, the background with the Tuscan Raiders, so the, that is what I actually liked. Um, however, I think they did it incorrectly. I think that would, that would get you partial credit on a, on an exam. And I think that's like 40, 50%. Like, yeah, your content, you got all the right numbers. We like that. That was some really good world building they did there. It was really cool to see that he, uh, uh, you know, 
needs that sense of family and is missing that sense of family and like reverse like back the, to it because like the vision quest to get his staff that was pretty nifty uh, my main yeah. complaint with it is that why didn't you just do it like in linear time just like why did exactly. you have to they, flash back like you could have should have started you could have just edited it a little bit like you had all the right footage to bridge between like mm-hmm where we were in modern times and where they're and just tell the story in order. I don't know why they, they felt the need to cut episodes in half like that. Oh my God. Episode one and two, episode one and two are plainly written out him getting out of the thing and like getting on good terms with the Tuscan Raiders. Episode one, fucking great. Episode two, the whole train shit, training them how to training them, uh, training them how to like like a bantha, like a bantha, which has been the greatest meme ever. Uh, You know, you know, talking about Tuscan sand sandusi, the looking at that that sandusi's got him acting up like a bantha, and training him how to how to defeat some uh um God Pike that Pike. Spice runners syndicate, yeah, yeah, Um, Yeah. and then have it have it like end off with like the them all spoiler alert end off with his family, his new family dying from the fight. Yeah, but also, can I just interject with an open? I need to write an open letter very quickly right now. Uh, This is an open letter to all residents of Tatooine, dear all residents of Tatooine. um, Please don't leave your small family village home. Uh, to go off somewhere in a hopeful fashion, because when you return, uh, it will the, you will be destroyed, and the women and children will be murdered. This has happened at least three times in the, our limited window on this planet. I, I would also like to write Luke, Luke's, Luke's dad, the, the first the first <laughs> sand people that got murked by Anakin. Anakin yeah. went over there and murked all the sand people for killing his mom, and then. Again, by the pikes, <laughs> when Boba Fett was like, nah, I uh, got you. Let's just piss off a yeah, drug cartel. Jabba, I'm sure, did that a couple oh, times. Oh, yeah. The t- um, so, so don't let him out of sight, guys. Sincerely, another question, Peter. Another question I have here is, uh, what connections Boba Fett have to Tatooine as a planet? I mean, it's kind of where he almost died. That's that didn't make sense the either. The biggest that significance was... <laughs> it had in his life. Oh, remember when they wanted to do the Dune thing, where he had like dreams of his ocean homeworld, even though he's on this dusty planet, and he's supposed like, oh, were they trying to do like a dude ripoff? I well, kind of. They did not succeed. <laughs> they did not. Well, I'm th- all I'm thinking is like he. Our our main protagonist, who's originally from a watery planet, now has to take a leadership position on this desert planet from a formerly hostile government yeah, um, yeah. and is now threatened by by literally the spice trade <laughs> by the. Yeah. And has to has to gain the help of the natives <laughs> to to fight back. Hmm. So um, there is some yeah, no, to Kurt's point, that is what threw me off in the end. And I'm like, why the fuck are you still here? I'm like, just leave. Just leave the planet. You were there working for Jabba for like what? A, a minute. Month? Yeah. <laughs> like we saw you there one time and you worked for Jabba as like a, a you know bounty hunter for hire, whatever, do your time, leave. Mm. And and you almost died there. Then you got pulled out by these sand people and imprisoned by them. And the only way you were able to like say, hey, I'm not worth dying was you saved one of their kids' 
from dying from the Goro monster that was poorly CGI'd. <laughs> I, I don't understand the connection. Like, I get the familial connection and the Brotherhood stuff with the Sand People. That's all fine and dandy. Mm-hmm. I guess the long stretch is that they were connected more to the the Sand planet of Tatooine than... I guess. So but he, like, in, by associative property, was also connected to Sand? It... I'm, but it's dry. It, there's just so that. much like that wrong that like stems from that, like in the the finale, which was its own completely separate shit show, mm-hmm. um, which like served primarily to just undercut the tension of the first two seasons of The Mandalorian, <laughs> because yeah. apparently Grogu is very capable <laughs> and did yeah. not need to be defended. <laughs> I I mean Grogu the theories with Grogu is is I mean so the the whole thing about him like remembering is I think he was trained beforehand. Uh well and, and he they the hinted training. at that sure but like it's still kind of like undercut some of his uh of the the proposed tension of the first two seasons of the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. But it's it's whatever. Also I did not care for uh, like the ultimatum that Luke gave him. That's why. That's why I didn't like Episode Six. Um, because wasn't Luke's whole shtick was like he's gonna remake the Jedi Order, but it's gonna be more progressive, more common sense. Yeah, yeah. But like, here he is preaching Obi Wan Kenobi's bullshit. Yeah, like, like it's fucking in, pre- in, in the original expanded universe, he remakes the Jedi Order. And he's like, we're gonna drop some of these rules. Like you can't love anyone. Like he gets married. He has a couple kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a more progressive take on the Jedi Order. He he also like through his attachment to his father, like understands that you can still have that connection with a person, have that attachment. And that's what saved. Also, uh, follow the light yes. side, and it saved <laughs> Anakin in the end. That's what that that personal connection. We, that attachment. That's another thing that Disney loves to do with Star Wars. It likes to ignore anything that happened in the original trilogy. <laughs> Yeah, why would you want to acknowledge the best-selling part of your series? Um, yeah, so I didn't, I didn't care for that ultimatum. Um, but you know, I'm, I just the thing about the getting back to my point that I was trying to make here about the finale is the fucking one of the cyberpunk kids, but was like, let's go back to the palace. It's a more fortified area. We can more easily defend it. Mm-hmm. And the one of the cyberpunk kids is like, no. And Boba Fett's like, what do you mean? No. And he's like, this is my home. I'm staying here. And then Boba Fett's like, we're please. staying here. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what the fuck, dude? He just, do you he just, just let gets pushed anyone over. fucking push you around? Yeah, remember? So, yeah, this is my, kind of my examples of why he's like a bad leader. So when he first meets the mods, uh, let's go back. Let's go back to that episode. Because it starts with a guy, one of the few uh, people he's protecting who's actually supporting him. He pays his dues, and he's on Boba Fett's side. And he says, uh, "Take, I need, but I need you to take care of these workers for me. They're hassling me. So Boba Fett goes, and he does it. And not only does he not do that, he, like, bleeding heart recruits them into his team and then makes the water seller cut his pay 
because he just feels like you shouldn't pay for water. It feels like you you're know? gouging them on the water price. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I that don't know water... how much could a water cost? <laughs> that water man <laughs> was selling his waters for too, way too much. That was he Stephen was a Root. filthy, dirty water capitalist. See, now, here's... And if I was Boba Fett, here's how I would do it, right? Because the guy said, solve my problem for double... I'll double my payment to you. Now, we could do that. We could write this right here where he is... Egalit or he's he's fair but also harsh and he's also d- gets the job done so he, he recruits the mods right he does that whole thing and at the end he says all right you don't have to double your tithe half your prices yeah Ooh. it's fair and it like makes sense to a to the viewer and you're like okay he's he had he's eking out justice but he's also taking care of his business but also why yeah so and then now he has this posse of I don't know blue collar workers who he's appointed as it, his personal guard. Yeah, it just it that doesn't make sense. And like the whole character of Boba Fett. Now, granted, Boba Fett didn't have much of a character established, <laughs> and you, maybe it was better that way because even during Clone Wars, there there wasn't much. He he was a, a child bounty hunter. That's mm-hmm. it. It was he had, he was one note who liked to get a bunch of bounty hunters. Like we didn't we didn't need. All this and like this trying to to retcon him into, you know, this fucking bleeding heart, like good I guy. I kill anyone. Like, yeah, he like abhors violence in this show. Mr. No Disintegrations yeah. abhors violence. Like it it completely it's like a, they do this with a lot of the Disney Plus shows. Like I felt the same way when I tried to watch Loki. I felt that they just kind of like changed his character completely to fit their story to disney's credit though the scenes with uh, uh mando without a baby yoda near him were fucking brutal cutting yeah. that that one dog man in half with the with the dark saber and also mm-hmm. showing that he's like untrained with it good scenes yeah. but then again is that to the credit of the show that's that we are praising the, the yeah. shit that's not Book of Boba Fett, but instead Mandalorian 2.5, the intro to season three. Yeah. A uh, prologue. Like those exactly. two episodes are good largely because they don't deal with any of Boba Fett shit. Now, like if if this show were like how Boba Fett escaped the Sarlacc pit and found himself in the midst of a gang war with the Huts, Th- that yeah. fine that'd be it you you could tell an interesting story with that remember when they teased the twins and then just dropped yes them? but they put the twins in there and then they said you know what book of boba fett season two i thought they were Maybe laying the, I, I swear to god there's a season two of this <sighs> that, show. <laughs> i had i had so much faith for that up until then and then they're like no here's your machete who we, you get one machete you get one machete in pitbull and they're and, like pitbull and Ra- a <laughs> he was the best part of that scene. Yeah, and of course it's the fucking Pike Syndicate, and like, like I didn't watch Rebels or Clone Wars or whatever the fuck show Cad Bane is from. Um, that was huge, but yeah, that, was, that was nifty. Like, uh, like Cad Bane. <laughs> he's a fucking. <laughs> they don't do a lot of justice in this show because he shows up, kills one guy, and immediately gets fucking murked by Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> Like well, so so the thing is, I mean, also that's not to mention Cad Bane is also super old. So like Cad Bane is like at the end of his lifespan, 
uh, I mean, he's like in his late 60s sure, at this point. But all of this shit is unbeknownst to me, viewer of this television show and not I the other it, television get, show. Cad Bane <laughs> was... Cad Bane was designed for, for Clone Wars watchers and it probably felt like... Uh, like who? Why do I even care about this person? Like you could have I at totally least had that. someone explain to me who he was, but they didn't bother which with Fennec that. Should have Fennec should have because Fennec knows exactly who he is. So Boba Boba Fett's been fucking trained by Cad Bane. They know each other on a personal level, like they were friends at one point. And you never would have been able to tell if you only watched this show. And if I have to watch another television show to understand they, the character in this television show, maybe you shouldn't like, have just jammed him in at the end of the season. That I think is probably where this show really has its like really diverse reactions because there are people who are like going to eat this shit up who love the fucking cameos left and right. And then there are the people who are like, they don't, they might not, they might not have missed that one or they might not have looked into who the fuck Chublaka is, who is, um, I can't, I can't remember his name. That's how important he is. Christian. Uh, Christian. Christian. Christian Shanka. Ah, Kurset, Kurshankin. Kerplunk? Shit, no. Kersantin. Because he keeps on calling him Santo. Uh, Kersantin. Santo. <laughs> or Santo. Was it Santo? Throws a fucking mask. Huh? <laughs> Santo. Which is funny because we have a friend named Santo. Um, so he has his nickname for him, and actually Boba Fett and Kersantin are supposed to have some backstory, or they actually canonically do in the Disney Plus Vader comics or something, where they actually work together as bounty hunters. I don't... But you, you don't know that, but you kind of get a little bit of allusion to like them being friends. Uh, and there was a big cameo for people. Same with Cad Bane. You don't really know who he is. They have a little bit of friendly or non-friendly banter back and forth. Uh, but I don't know. It was good to see that Cad Bane still has the upper hand in terms of like blaster speed. Um, but it can't you know pr- protect against a gaffy stick, something that he's probably not used to fighting against. I, I was fine with his death. And for somebody who they're just going to like throw in there and throw out, mm. it's okay. I wish they could have done him a little bit more justice. But then again, I don't think that would have resonated with anybody who didn't know who he was. Like that's literally only to serve the Clone Wars fans at that point. Yeah. It, and that was my main, like, I don't have a problem. Like his character design's pretty neat and I'm, I'm interested in his, his character. I'll probably read about him a little bit, but like, as a viewer of the show, he just kind of shows up, kills another mm-hmm. character that we barely know and care about, mm-hmm. and the leader of Freetown, you know, who I just know as Timothy Olafet, who had Boba Fett's armor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then he gets murked in the very next episode. Um, like, it just, it, it was poor, a lot of, like, just it's just it's fan service it's just pure fan service yeah and i think they were better served to like maybe play it off as cad bane had was the one who killed all the uh all the the tuscan raiders that would have been something yes because then at least as a viewer just knowing him from this you'd yeah, be if like you oh, had revealed fuck, him yeah, I get some... or like had a silhouette 
of the mm-hmm. of like the you know the hat yeah, the man the dark man and, on and the, the duster sunset. you know kind of like you're fucking reading the dark tower or whatever at the end of the exactly. at the end of the second or third episode and then when he shows up at the uh at the uh episode six mm-hmm. you're like wait a minute that guy looks a little familiar yeah, you know yeah, he means yeah. business and you know why we should hate him yeah, yeah, and, it, and that's such a simple change to make because you already—he's working oh, for the yeah. Pike Syndicate, and you already said the Pike Syndicate killed them, so you you give moral justification for Boba Fett to go after them because because you can't act as a morally ambiguous figure; he has to be goody two shoes. Yeah. The only confirmation that we ever get that the uh, Tuscan Raiders weren't killed by the Nictos was the one Pike Daddy being like, "Oh yeah." We killed we them. Ordered. Don't worry about Tusken Raiders. We, the Pikes, got them. Not, and it would have been so easy. It would have been like, ah, oh, our our good friend Cad Bane took care of them or whatever. And then he could have maybe even done a flashback and showed him like viciously fucking marking off Tusken Raiders left and right and fucking shooting through the asshole of a kid one and pop another one. Yeah. Just like go fucking bonkers with it. I don't care. He's a crazy bounty hunter. He's got jetpacks on his. On his uh, on his feet, yeah. on his little feetsies, and you could have shown why he was kind of dope in the uh, in the Clone Wars right then and there with a little flashback aroo that you just all forgot about flashbacks <laughs> after episode three or four. But maybe that's a good fucking thing. I don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I guess just to, to surmise here, it's just content. Like it's filler. It's There's really nothing. It's it's designed to just be consumed mm-hmm. and forgotten immediately after. Yeah. If, I'm sorry that you're going to miss out in season three of Mandalorian when they ex- inexplicably have to go back to Tatooine again. <laughs> and, you know, the mods show up and, man, you missed their character arc. You're not going to be, you got to watch the Book died. of Boba Fett to get filled in on all their story. It's like Marvel Comics where they have the little balloon. See this issue <laughs> for the story and- there. <laughs> You know the shitty part is, is that they really did. They really thought they did something with the rest of the show, other than like the Mandalorian shit. Mm-hmm. Is they really thought they made like cool mod characters and a cool concept of like cyberpunking shit, but which they never really did anything with it. No. It's not like oh, she, my arm the, can come off. Yeah, the girl inspector gadgets AI. a dude at one point. Yeah, it's like go go dude, gadget extendo feet. And they just all randomly are British. Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, like... Just have, like, a third arm in the back or something like that. Like, do something crazy. If you're going to go all out with these characters that are like, oh, I I mod myself with with mech to to make my life better or simpler, then go all out. And don't just, like, draw the line at, I replace my eyeball with a camera. Mm Mm-hmm. Hey, remember that D plot about how the the Tatooine lady, the the ship lady, um, mm. g- kind of Fuck had the job. hots for that Twi'lek guy, who is the the public servant assistant kind of dude. Oh, remember that story and how that was like more character growth <laughs> than some of the fucking the main cast. Yeah, what that you find out that her taste went from a Jawa to a a Twi'lek, uh, yeah. you know. 
cuck. And they're probably going to be like making out in the next, uh, the next when they come back. Because yeah, maybe Amy they're going to adopt some of the like orphan net snagged a fucking like five show contract with these guys. Like you get to play crazy Tatooine lady. We're gonna you're gonna be in like fifty Disney Plus shows, and we're gonna pay you like a billion dollars. <laughs> okay, so how about real quick before I wrap up? We all know the best parts were the Mandalorian. How awesome was that pod racing shit and just the nostalgia back to episode one? You mean the pod racing starfighter? Yeah, the Naboo starfighter. Well, it was through the pod racing track. Yeah. Well, I I was more excited when he like ran through Beggar's Canyon and there was a Womp Rat. I was like, oh no, Womp Rat, you're gonna get bullseyed. It's not T sixteen, but it's gonna be gonna be close. There were the the shattered barrier that was still like in the in the dust from uh from when the pod racer uh mm-hmm. Anakin's pod racer went up there. So I thought I don't really know what like <laughs> there's really no connection there. <laughs> there's no like oh yeah, the connection between Anakin as a kid pod racing and Mando. It's just oh, it's, it's, just, it's more fan service. <laughs> yeah. Um and then he there's dunks on the cops. Which is great. Yeah, that was that was kind of funny. I'm sorry, officer. I, I was just taking it for a test drive. <laughs> you don't happen uh, to be connected with this crime. Uh, peace. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> the only Dust. thing that irked me about that entire episode was the fact that they kept on coming up with dumb fucking uh, uh, spaceship jargon. Yeah. That you know is going to find its way on the wiki of like, oh, oh yeah. how to build Someone's a nebulous gonna, starfighter. Someone's going to have to write <laughs> all of that. <laughs> Somebody's going <laughs> to. There's a fucking mechanic owner's manual <laughs> about where to put the nebulizer and how it connects to the main. Yeah, the uh, hyper cryocortisolizer. Uh, shaft. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus fucking. And again, the fan service where he named the one barbed. Holy thing was the uh, was the shit that Han Solo put up in the trash compactor of the Star Destroyer. Of course it was. Of fucking course it was. So now we have a fucking name for that thing because it was a. Now that's fucking... that is the level of Star Wars item pedantry that I that I do appreciate. Like it's almost come around full circle to me appreciating it. Just. To kind of laugh at, like, yes. Oh, I appreciate the sheer gall of it. Like, you know, how somehow fucking orange big-eyed alien lady had Anakin's lightsaber, despite it last being seen (laughs) at the bottom of Cloud City, and they never explained how she got that. (laughs) Don't think about it. I'm really hoping... I'm really hoping... This is my theory. This is my fan theory. It's just a movie theory that... Baby Yoda. Uh, oh, I guess it doesn't work now because no, now Ben. Baby would be Yoda his gets first, tanned uh, and turns thing. into Maz Kanata. <laughs> I was I was hoping that Baby Yoda was going to take the lightsaber and become the first student of Luke Skywalker, creating a alternate timeline to where Baby Yoda was the first student and Ben is the other one. Well, I keep seeing I keep seeing like uh, these That's stories pop up where. It's like I'm, it's all clickbait. I'm sure I've never clicked on an article, but it's like, oh, John Favreau refilming scenes from the sequel trilogy, changing history? Question mark. I'm like, probably not, but that'd be that'd be okay with that <laughs> if we just got rid of the fucking sequel trilogy and and made it not shit. Yeah, I'd be down with that. Man, can you I just imagine? want I just want Kyle Katarn. 
Yeah, he'd be cool to have and have you him know. be the first student of Luke. Like you can, you can refit that story. It, it'd be so easy to draw on some of these these characters, and they've they've already done it. Like uh, Disney owns Star Wars when Rebels got to the season where they brought in Grand Admiral Thrawn. So if you're gonna bring in, you know, these characters from the expanded universe, why why? Pick and choose so so hard, you know. Why be so choosy? Why not bring in some other popular characters like Kyle Katarin? Yeah, yeah, they're and they're they're running out of cameos, man. I mean, I I can only think of a few other that they have yet to show. I mean, they name drop Thrawn, so they're going to bring him in. Um, we're pretty sure that Ezra is going to make an appearance at some point, and then Sabine Wren. After that, there's not much more. I yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, they'll, they'll invent some shit. I mean, we're going to get a whole bunch more cameos that I'm sure don't make any sense or don't seem plausible in the Obi-Wan show. You guys you guys excited for the Obi-Wan show? It's going to be on well, Tatooine I don't know how much... again. <laughs> <laughs> if I swear to God, I swear to Christ, if they do another show about on Tatooine and we get more Tatooine... Well, where was Obi-Wan there's... between episodes three and four? There's more planets than that. Nope. There's Coruscant, Tatooine, that's it. And then and then not Tatooine, Jakku. Yeah. Totally different planet, guys. I feel like we've literally been on just a flock of desert planets since like 2012. Yeah, it's I I get deserts are easy to shoot. But like, come on, spice it up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, it's classic Star Wars. Yeah, well, how about we don't do classic Star Wars? Let's do I mean, another thing. There's other. They went to other planets and uh, even even in the, the Mandalorian. In the, like oh, Mando did a good job of yeah. it. Yeah, but they still had to go back to fucking Tatooine. <laughs> they were still like, nah, we got to do at least one or two episodes. It's not there. the come goddamn on. nexus of the fucking universe. It's a fucking backwoods hillbilly planet. It's bumblefuck Iowa. <laughs> it's Slavery just good for is legal. It is outside the Republic's jurisdiction. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah, like, it's like saying all the important people in America, uh, you know, they all go to Iowa at the same time every, oh, Yeah, wait, they're all in fucking wait. Minot, North Dakota. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like saying that all the politicians would go to like the Iowa State Fair or something. I mean, what what would that happen? That's just unreasonable to There's think no that they would caucus. all show up at the state fair at the same time. Nah. Yeah. All right. Maybe that's it. Maybe Tatooine's just Iowa Iowa State Caucus. Pa- Palpatine Confirm? is just there eating a womp rat so he can get caught on camera being like one of the locals. Yeah. Deep fried butter womp rat. Jar 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 mm-hmm. visits a moisture farm. <laughs> Yeah, where's his He's got cameo? Like, Jarner gets on the galactic news for a gaffe he made <laughs> while fucking visiting a Tatooine moisture farm. <laughs> All right. Well, I think on I think on that juicy piece of mind can, candy, we can we can end here. Um, be sure to check out SaturnStuds.com for links to our social media pages at StudsSaturn, Facebook.com backslash SaturnStuds, and our Twitch, TwitchTV backslash SaturnStuds, or YouTube, which is all Twitch archive stuff. So if you miss a stream, you can always catch it on YouTube on a bit of a delay. And uh, check out Iron Blood Gaming at Iron Blood Gaming. Um, I think you can still enter to win the, the giveaway of the Glitch Energy stuff. 
Um, if not, you can use the code Ironblood to save 10%, I think, is the deal on that stuff. Um, but all the details are on that Twitter, so go check that out and, and follow that, as well as some of the other guys on the content team for them. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye-bye.